Welcome to the show. Today we're talking about a 2007 high school comedy called. Wait, you changed your name to McLovin? Doesn't even have a first name, it just says McLovin! This guy's either gonna think, here's another kid with a fake ID, or here's McLovin, the 25-year-old Hawaiian organ donor. I am McLovin. Alright, I got a story about this, this movie. So, this movie came out a couple days before I started my freshman year of high school, right? And it was a huge deal, everyone wanted to go see this movie, it had a lot of hype around it. And in junior high, I don't know if you did the same thing, I did this in high school too. My buddies and I, before we were of age to see rated R movies, would buy a ticket for whatever G or PG movie, go into the theater and then walk into the rated R movie. It was an easy thing to do. It was I mean, like, we, we never did that because back in my day, we didn't have that problem. Like you wanted to go see a rated R movie, you just went and saw a rated R movie. That's true too, but also back in your day, the, the movies didn't have talking too, mm-hmm. so, you know, trade-offs. But you, uh, you buy a ticket to the movie and you sneak into the radar movie. No, it doesn't matter. It's like the most innocent crime. It's like an like a open secret that kids are walking into the radar movies. Yeah. Right? So my friends and I go to see Superbad, opening night of Superbad, a couple days before we start high school. We get there. We buy tickets to Rush Hour 3. You go this way and I'll go that way. Rush Hour 3. Um, the sequel to Rush Hour 1 and 2. And we're about to walk into Superbad. There's a guard at the door to the Superbad. I've never seen this before in my life. There's a guard at the door. It's because this movie was so hype and the new kids were going to sneak in. It was vulgar and crass and all this stuff. They need to have a guard at the door to, take, to weed out assholes like my friends and I. So we don't know what to do now. We bought tickets to see. We don't want to see Rush Hour 3. I didn't even see Rush Hour 2. Rush Hour 1, not even that good of a movie. It was okay. I mean, I like Jackie Chan, and I like, I, like Jackie Chan And their, movies, chem- their so. chemistry is good, but you didn't need to make three of them. No, that definitely not. So we're, not, we're trying to figure out what we do. We don't want to see Rush Hour 3. Nothing else is playing. What do we do? We're standing outside the theater in the Deer Park shopping mall in the Chicago suburbs, and my friend Eric gets the idea. This is the same friend, by the way, in the Caddyshack episode that we plotted to put a Snickers bar in the pool. <laughs> Just stop swimming. Well, we have to be very careful about it so Mr. Keller doesn't see that we're putting in the pool, but we're putting in the damn pool. He says, let's find a couple of adults to pretend to be our parents and walk in with us. We asked, and by we I mean him, because I didn't have the, the balls to do this, probably 10 to 15 different sets of adults to pretend to be our parents to walk in with us. All of them said no. We saw Rush Hour, half of Rush Hour 3 at this point. In my super bad, I think about this every time I see the movie, and it's kind of comical because that instance could have been part of a teen movie too. Just the idea of like asking parents to be your fake parents to go see the movie. But every time I watch, I've seen this super bad a thousand times. I think about this instance. I was cock blocked from seeing super bad for the first time. I had to wait months later. So you didn't get to see any of it. You didn't get like sneak not in that, like not that night. No, there was a guard there the whole time. The and whole time. The whole time. I mean, that's that's dedication. I saw fucking Rush Hour 3, and it sucked. It was terrible. Um, and then we went to Cold Stone Creamery after. You make me smile like sun, fall out of bed, sing like a bird, dizzy in my head, spin like a record, crazy on a Sunday night. You make me dance like a forget how to breathe, shine like gold, buzz like a bee, just the thought of you can drive me Make me smile. 
where well, I later worked. At least you got some Cold Stone Creamery. That's the right place sucks. That's a whole other thing. You make me. But unless you want to sponsor us, Cold Stone yeah. Creamery, in which case you're awesome. I did work at that Cold Stone Creamery in the summer of 2011. So kind of having it. But I think about that all the time. I saw it months later when it was available on um, pay-per-view, like DirecTV pay-per-view. Yeah. Hilarious. I love this movie. And this was, I, I talked about the hype going into high school. Like, this was the biggest thing. This and The Hangover, which we talked about before, were the two biggest movies that defined, like, my high school experience. Like, everyone talked about them and quoted them for four years when I was in yeah. school. Yeah. I don't remember when I first saw this movie. And I don't remember if I saw it in the theaters or not. Um, at this point... To show the difference, I was already uh, at this point out of grad school. <laughs> at this point, so um, again, I don't remember when I saw it, but like I saw it, and I was like, "Yeah, this is awesome!" Like at the time, it was like a different movie. It was uh, a different look at a teen comedy, right? Yes. Like because teen comedies, like most of them, as we've as we've talked about, a lot of them, right? Like there's a certain style, and like they cross a line a little bit but like not a lot and like this movie doesn't just cross the line it jumps and skips over it and it makes new lines that you didn't know existed and then it jumps over those yeah for sure it's a totally different this is why i think it's so revered and stands out is it's not like these other from like the late say like 97 to like 05 every high school or college movie felt like the same damn movie because i think that much like um your beloved uh, Hallmark movies. Travis Van Winkle, Christmas Getaway, on Hallmark Channel. There's like one dude that writes all of the teen comedies, and it's just kind of like I'm gonna write it in this style, and it's gonna have all of these same elements to it. I think what differentiates this movie and why it's so successful and so different is that the writer started writing it when he was that age. Yeah. And so it's, it's Seth Rogen. Seth yeah. Rogen wrote this movie as a 13-year-old or started writing it as a 13-year-old because of the things that he's going through. And that makes sense, right? Like you watch this movie and you go, yeah, that makes sense that a 13-year-old would write a scenario like this of, you know, whether it's the cops taking McLovin in the car or McLovin period with the, the ID, right? It makes sense that a 13 year this would come from a 13-year-old's mind. Right. And that's what makes it different and what makes it successful because it's like, it's a real thing. It actually, you know, whether or not all of these things happen, but yeah, like... we don't know which parts. Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg said that, which is obvious, the main characters are named Seth and Evan, uh, wrote this based on their real experiences in high school. I don't know which ones those were because there are things in this movie that affects your real experience in high school. That seems concerning. But I mean, that might explain a lot about, <laughs> yeah. about Seth Rogen in particular. I mean, right. look, dude's funny, but like, that might explain a lot. Right. But pulling from real life is always going to make for a better... Like, you have to write what you know. Yeah, for sure. So that's why you have like bad action movies a lot, for, for example, is because you're writing these made-up scenarios. And obviously, things are going to be made up, but they have to be based off something that you can actually pull from. So if you're writing based on your own experiences, as opposed to being trying to be derivative of American Pie and, and writing this formula of a teen movie, then of course it's going to be more authentic. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a better movie. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, you know, unlike a lot of these other movies, right, these other teen movies where you have 
the certain style and things are cut out and like you can get sponsorships because like it's typical Hollywood movie. Like you couldn't do, you, they could not do that with this movie. Like they literally wrote to all these alcohol companies and tried to get them to sponsor and like have their stuff appear, right? Which in Hollywood, it's like, yeah, absolutely. Here, look, there's, there's Milk Duds. Where's my Milk Duds? Milk Duds, like, there you go. Now give us some money because now you're going to be in a multi-million dollar uh, podcast. No, I don't really feel like it. Unlike in this movie, right, where they're like, uh, I don't know if I could put my product in there because this is a little, this is a little too dicey, too racy for me, right? Like they ran into that problem. And now, of course, I'm sure if Seth Rogen was writing this today, right, or writing something like it today, and he asked like Budweiser, hey, can you sponsor like McLovin sure, going and yeah. like doing? Oh yeah, absolutely, no problem. And they'd be all about the sponsorship. Um, but that just shows how they were like treading new ground and like traversing new territory, which is, is a breath of fresh air when it comes to Hollywood, right? Because as we've talked about, like all of the sequels or movies that are derivative of other movies, it just gets tiring, right? Like you just can't watch the same stuff over and over again, um, other than your Hallmark movies. Countdown to Christmas, only on Hallmark. Um, yeah. But other than that, right, like, that's what made this movie so great. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it is, it is a lot of stuff in here is dicey, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, that I still love this movie. It's one of my favorite comedies of that decade. But five, six, seven years later, it started to become a little bit like, eh, like, is this holding up, like, really quick? Oh, yeah. And we've talked about this with other movies. Uh, Wedding Crashers is one that I think aged poorly really quickly. Um, and this one is extremely dicey in this regard. But a lot of high school movies kind of didn't age well in that regard because there's so many of them, and this is w- one area where it's similar to other high school movies, where the object is trying to get laid. Right? Yeah. And yeah. here there's a lot of things about, well, get her drunk and blah, 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 blah. And like we have to like get hammered. Like Jonah Hill's character is like, I need to get drunk because Emma Stone is not going to sleep with me otherwise unless we're both hammered. Um, there are, there are, like, themes in there that I think even Seth Rogen himself, I don't think he would have written it the same way now. Uh, but I think it still survives. One, because it's hilarious. There's so much in this movie that's just fucking hysterical. And two, the, the characters do kind of have a moral compass. Like, Michael Sarah's yeah. character doesn't want to sleep with the girl he likes because she's too drunk. Yeah. Um, the Jonah Hill, even though it's, like, there are these rapey undertones throughout the whole thing, and it's kind of, like, sketch and whatever, but... He, like, the the thought that he had about we need to get hammered, otherwise this was going to happen, that was just the common theme, like, in college of people saying, like, we need to get really drunk. Like, p- people would go out and get really drunk to go sleep with somebody else. Yeah. Because they just needed the, the liquid courage to, like, relieve the tension. So I'm sure we'll get into that more. But um, I think this, a lot of those themes don't ruin the movie 15 to 13, 14 years later, even though it does make it kind of an interesting thought exercise. Yeah, I mean, I think watching the movie and being like, yeah, that's a little dicey. Like, I don't think that that could fly today. Um, But I think also at the same time, if you think about teenagers, right? Like, teenagers are stupid and do really stupid things. And so just because it's a little dicey doesn't mean that teenagers aren't doing that exact thing. It's real. Right? Like, it's real. 
That, I mean, that's, that's the, the main selling point to this movie. It's reality. Like, yeah. And, like, ask any 18-year-old in 2007 about that mentality that, like, Jonah Hill's character for, has, for example. They would all, every 18-year-old dude would agree with the, the thought process of, like, I need to buy this chick alcohol, we're going to get hammered, and then we're going to get laid before. Like, it was, like, these are all goals of an 18-year-old boy. Yeah. So it's based in reality. Yeah. It's not sure. like, like, remember when we were talking about Revenge of the Nerds? And I had never seen it before, and I was just like, they're raping a chick in the movie? Yeah. Uh, it's not the same kind of thing. This no, is, This no. is more brooded in reality. And if you don't believe me, talk to an 18-year-old dude. But I wouldn't recommend that. Uh, yeah, that I wouldn't recommend terrible. that. Yeah, talking to an 18-year-old dude, that's not... No, that sounds awful. Yeah, that's the worst. Um, a couple of things that I just want to, like, before we really dive into, uh, as we're talking about, like, generality, right, is... Um, the other thing that they get 100% correct and factual is that this movie uses the word fuck 176 times. That's an actual number? That's an actual number in a 113-minute <laughs> movie. That's great. It uses it 176 times, um, which is just, I mean, that's an 18-year-old kid, right? Using fuck all the time. Yeah. Um, uh, that's 18-year-old yeah, dude vocabulary. Yeah. Um, and then... Um, you know, at the end, which kind of harkens to something that happens in the middle, um, Hollywood sucks the fun out of so much, right? And they tried to do it with this movie as well. Um, so you know how in the, the credits they have all of the drawings of the penises? One of the funniest things in the movie is the um, Every single penis had to be approved. Every single drawing of the penis had to be approved. Wait, what is the appro- what's the approval process for the penis? What's the, What's a... An acceptable penis and a non-acceptable so, penis. So, uh, let's see. Like tasteful peni? So, so one of the things, I, I wrote this down, is that they had to talk, they had to figure out, uh, were there too many veins in the penises? Was it or, too erect? Was the penis too erect? If it's to too erect, we got to get rid of that. Like, you can't have the erect penis. You can have a regular, like, floppy old donkey dick, as long as it's not too veiny or too erect. What's wrong with being too erect, though? Uh, apparently, Hollywood thinks that that's not cool. There like, are it won't get approved. Millions of men that take pills to make sure that their penis is too erect. I mean, that might be why they did not want to have, because the people who are approving it are the same folks that are taking the the little blue pill to achieve that erectness, and so they're a little jealous that. Yeah, this is the point of the the podcast where if Blue Chew was a sponsor. We would plug Blue Chew. You make me smile like sun, fall out of bed, sing like bird, dizzy in my head, spin like record, crazy on a Sunday night. You make me dance like forget how to breathe. But if, if you, if the Blue Chew people are listening with their rock hard cocks, you could sponsor the podcast. Anyway, continue. I, it's just like, you know, it's one of those things that, that Hollywood... They do this with all with with all of their movies. It's like you know, if we're gonna have any phalluses or we're gonna have any genitalia or anything like that, we have to make sure that the the depiction of it and everything it, it, it's not too offensive. We can't like even though it's a it's a book of drawings yeah. of just just dicks from a high school kid. It Apparently, that's like <laughs> it can't be not gross. And also, how is a flaccid penis? less offensive than an erect one because a flaccid penis is just like 
Uh, it's like, who wants to see a big floppy? You know, again, maybe the Hollywood censors, uh, if, you, if you're a Hollywood censor and you're watching this uh, and you want to tell us why um, there's a difference between a floppy dick and a, uh, I said floppy dick, not floppy disk. Three, that's and, a, three, three and a half uh, three, floppy. Yeah, three and a half floppy. Um, well, that could mean either way. <laughs> it could mean either way. Um, yeah, let us know. Let us know. So you, one of your takeaways is that you, you didn't enjoy that there weren't enough hard penises, but go on. That was my takeaway? Yeah, that was part of your takeaways. You were upset that Hollywood sucked the penises out of the movie. No, I just thought that, I, I mean, I didn't know about no, you're it on until the record. I... You said you, you, were, you were upset that well, Hollywood yeah, well, yes. took away Well, yes, I did not know penises. about this whole fact that they had to approve every single penis until fairly recently. Like, that's, I, I just heard about that fairly recently. Like, and so you're watching the movie and you're like, okay, this is, this is funny. Like, that's a funny scene. Oh, it's so funny. Like, and it's a good bit. Um, but, like, I didn't know that Hollywood had to sit there and, like, have their, like, censors approve every single one and, like, talk about the veininess or the fl- or, or erectness of the penis in order to approve it for this bit. Like, that's what boggles my mind, that they would have to go through that process. Yeah. For, for, for like... Fucking nuts. It, it's just, it's, it's weird. That's very weird. Yeah. But that is, that is uh, I think, maybe the funniest scene in the whole movie for me is when it was The Notebook. Yeah. I think that's, that's probably the funniest scene in the movie. Or when... Uh, Jonah Hill's imagining going in and buying alcohol, and he goes through like, all the different oh, yeah. scenarios. Would you like me to buy you alcohol? That would be lovely. Enjoy your remaining years. I will. Enjoy fucking jewels. I will. Those two scenes kill me every time to this day, even though I've seen the movie a million times. Well, imagining times. the scenarios, like, that's, I mean, I don't know about you, but, like, I run through scenarios in my head every day, regardless of what I'm doing. Always. Like, if I'm going to go and do something, it's like, oh, shit, is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? And, like, I run through all the scenarios. Well, what happens if this happens? What do I say? What do yeah. I do? Like, to choose your own adventure book up here. Always, yeah. 100%. Yeah, and I remember the first time buying alcohol illegally. Uh, my, my roommate in college having a, a fake ID, he was so damn nervous to go buy. I think we got, like, a 24-pack of PBR or something. He went at like eight in the morning. He was all prepped. He ended up, I think he, got, he, he like got the wrong beer because he was so nervous and he was just like shaking the whole time. I totally understand that whole thought process that his character went through. I had the worst fake ID. Like the literal worst fake ID. But then again, I, that was when it I was didn't, in. didn't look like you? or No, no. Like it was, it looked like me because it was my actual picture. But the dude who made it, it just did it as like a favor. Like it was the shittiest ID ever. It was awful. Like just if you looked at this thing you would be like uh you'd be like what the hell like the bit uh that um we did with Aaron Rodgers and his vax card yeah I am 21 so drinking is yes like it was it was not quite that bad but it was bad it was a bad fake ID um and I got I I I tried to use it like two or three times this was when I was at at school in Des Moines and so like it really wasn't a big deal for a couple of these bars because they were college bars they're just like okay um but I tried to use it at another bar. The dude, the bouncer just looked at me and was like, <laughs> no. Denied your service? Denied me. He was, oh, was just like, cool this is like trying to go in. The dude just looked at me and was like, and he gave it back to me. So it's not like he was like, I'm going to take this and like hang it up on the wall of shame. But like he took it and was like, come on, dude. Really? That's funny. 
Uh, it was a Utah ID too. Okay, that's yeah, that's that's a tough sell. But that's why that's why the McLovin bit is so funny with the ID. McLovin? What kind of a stupid name is that, Fogel? What are you trying to be an Irish R&B singer? Oh, they let you pick any name you want when you get down there. And you landed on McLovin. Yeah, it was between that and Muhammad. Why the fuck would it be between that or Muhammad? Why don't you just pick a common name like a normal person? Muhammad is the most commonly used name on earth. Read a fucking book for one. It's because everyone, high school or college, whenever you get into this, experiences like at least seeing fake IDs. Yeah. Whether or not you had one. And everyone had, some people had good ones. Like my buddy had one. Uh, he looked a little, looks a little older for his age. And he had one that he found. He found a guy's ID. I think it, the name was Bill Phillips, I want to say. And the guy was like 40 years old, which is just like comical. Like you can't, he was 22. And he's saying that he's 40 is silly, but they looked enough alike. And he looked a little bit more mature. So he got away with it. And it was a real ID. So it worked flawlessly all yeah. the time. I remember when he turned 21, we had a burial for the ID for Bill Phillips in the snow. But then you had other people that had a comical, like just stupid looking ID. And McLovin having the ID that says Hawaii, one name, organ donor. It takes all those to extremes, but it's funny because we all knew somebody that had a crappy fake ID. Well, this was back in the day, this was like the very tail end of the fake of IDs that were laminated, mm -hmm. as opposed to now it's like a card and it's like laser printed on there and it's got holograms and everything. Like there were no holograms, like even for my fake ID, like there was no, like the real Utah ID did not have any holograms or anything like that. And so we were able to get away with it, you know, with some of these other types of IDs. I think I had an, I had one too that was also Georgia. Just like the, they were the like again, they were the worst. Somebody did it for me for free. It wasn't even like I had to like pay or buy like an ID, and I didn't even really need one. Um, but the strategy was you had to not get it in your state because the bouncers in that state oh, see yeah. the same ID yeah, all the time. For so sure. You had to go yeah. somewhere else, but Utah to Iowa. Yeah. Can I tell you? Uh, I, I got a story about um, buying alcohol. Um, so it was my 21st birthday, actual 21st birthday, right? In the afternoon of my 21st birthday. And uh, I, we went to the Cubs game in the morning, uh, in early afternoon. And so then we're, we're, I was like, oh yeah, everybody come over. We'll do like a barbecue and we'll, like, we'll hang out. And so my one buddy who was not 21 at, the, at that time said, hey, can you get me a bottle of Everclear? This is when he was like, he was big into Everclear for like, a couple of minutes. Who's big into Everclear? We'll accept that, yes. I don't know, but I think it was because he studied in Australia and like there were all of these drinks that were like Everclear based and he was all about it. So for whatever reason, he wanted Everclear. And I was like, all right, I'll go buy you a bottle of Everclear. So I go to this uh, liquor store and I get the bottle of Everclear and I walk up to the, um, to the counter and I put it down and I hand my ID like proud, like I'm 21, like I can do this now, right? And the guy looks at the ID and he goes, I can't sell to you. And I go, why can't you sell to me? He goes, today's your birthday. I said, yeah. He goes, I don't know when you were born. Holy shit. I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, you don't know when I was born? Like, it's my 21st birthday. I'm 21 years old. Like, my ID says I'm 21 years old. The signs in the store say, like, if you were born on or before this date, like, you can buy alcohol or tobacco products. And dude would not sell to me. He would not sell to me. 
I would have caused a. Did you got somebody else end up? Somebody else ended up going. I would have refused. I would have gone to another store. I would have called him a dick. I would have. Now, in fairness, I was born at 10:22 p.m. So technically, I was born at 10:30. Hey, look at that. Hey. that's not in fairness. Fuck this guy. Yeah. No, it's when the clock strikes midnight. That's when I have my first well, yeah, legal for, I mean, yeah, fuck this guy because fuck him. But still, he was technically right that I hadn't been officially I 21. Guess, but I'm, I'm angry. I'm like vicariously mad for you 40 years ago, whenever this was, under 24. I'm like yeah. angry about well, this. Well, you know, it is what it is. Now I like. Now it's like, all right, yeah, please ID me because it makes me feel younger than I am my being an old ass. So. Well, Walgreens has those signs that says we card under 35, which I never understand. If you think somebody's 35, why are you carding them? I don't get I it. Know, Walgreens. Make people feel yeah. young. But anyway, so we both have stories about buying alcohol, so I think this is why this movie, at its core, yeah. is relatable. Yeah, for sure. This struggle, I mean, they go to comical lengths and they like fill up the Tide bottles with alcohol, which I've never done that. But I did a lot of silly things, especially before... Not especially, definitely, pretty much only before, before I was 21. Yeah, went through great lengths to acquire alcohol. Um, I remember my sophomore year of college. This is just a story-filled episode. This is great. I got somebody's mail that used to live in the in the in the dorm, and it was from his grandma. And I could have just thrown it out, but I. It's like a grandma birthday card with like I think it was. 10, I didn't, $20 in it or I, something? I didn't open it. It turned out, I found out later it was from his grandma, but I, I looked up the guy in the university system, sent him an email, said, hey, I got your mail. I'm guessing you used to live here. He said, oh, thanks so much. My grandma sent me a birthday card. He's like, I appreciate so much that you decided to reach out to me and not just throw it out that I'll let you in on a secret. You go to the bathroom, re- lift up the tile, and reach in, there should be a present for you. I went to the bathroom, stood on the toilet, reached in, there was a full handle of Jack Daniels in there. And when you don't have much money and you're 20 years old and acquiring alcohol is a mission, that was the best thing of that month or that semester for me. That, that's a pretty awesome story. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty great. It lasted me a, a day or two. I mean, so if you are uh, about to or have just turned 21 years old and you're still living in dorms in college, uh, definitely uh, hide a bottle someplace for future residents. It's, it's like a time capsule. It's no, like, it is. It's passing. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's fun. That's neat. Yeah. Uh, we shared a lot of stories. Anything I mean, look, the this movie? like the movie itself is funny. There's a lot of funny it's so bits. so funny. They're like, you'll chuckle. And like the casting was done really well with Joe Latrulio being like a total scumbag, sleazebag, like creepy dude. I am so sorry. I didn't even effing see you at all, man. Seth Rogen and Bill Hader as the cops. Ethnically, was he like, like uh, what? African? What? Was he African? Yeah. No, he was like you. He was Jewish. So we have an African Jew wearing a hoodie. Hilarious. Uh, it, it, they just did a really, really good job. And, um, one other thing I do want to say is that um, this, the, the, one of the shirts that... Um, um, What's his, what's his name? Michael Sarah. I need to look it up. I forget what his name. You picture his face. But uh, one of the shirts that Michael Sarah wears in this, he actually wears in Arrested Development, too. Oh, that's funny. So it's kind of like a, like a, you know, harken, harken back or callback or type of thing like that. So, yeah. um, but he, he plays that character well. Um, he's, he's weird. Um, he's dorky. He's dorky in, in, the, in that show and in the movie. He he's, plays a dork well. Um, the scene where he's, he has to sing for the people at that yeah. the party where they get beat up at. 
That's hilarious. These eyes cry every night for you. Um, yeah, everything's just so funny. The casting's great, like you said. Um, I don't know. I love it. I, I even with the the kind of rapey undertones that exist. Yeah. Like I said, it's rooted in reality. It's not rooted in a place that comes across even 14 years later as aggressive or or malicious. Like yeah. we talked about Wedding Crashers. Part of the reason Wedding Crashers, I think, to me, feels rapier is it's coming from a place of them being, yeah, kind of evil. You, I think you called it the movie full of red flags or. I think we said it about several movies, but the Wedding Crashers is one of them. Everyone in that movie sucks. And three, the movie's just not that funny. It's not yeah. a good movie. This is a hilarious movie. It's rooted in something real. Uh, it can all relate to the alcohol, the your friend leaving for college, different college. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. had that experience, so I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Score? So I want to go high, but I also can't avoid the opportunity to drop a joke and say 6.9. Uh, fully thinking that it's actually going to be higher, but I'm going to go for 6.9 because I feel like it's appropriate for this movie. I, yeah, I sucks number. I think it is higher. I'm going to go 7.7. Seven. 7.6. I actually you was thinking about right, 7.6. Like, that's where I was originally going, but I, I mean... No, I appreciate I, you. I, I had to go with that joke. Commitment so. to the bit. Sucks yeah. number. 6.9. Yeah. Funny. You make me smile like the sun Fall out of bed Sing like a bird. 